Hi everyone and welcome to this bonus feature of the RE Human Layer Security Podcast. When we spoke to the brilliant Anne Benningson, the CISO at Bankers Bank of the West earlier in the month, we had the opportunity to discuss the gender gap in cybersecurity following the launch of a recent report from Tessian on the topic. In the report, we revealed that half of women working in cybersecurity said the pandemic had positively impacted their career, with just 7% saying that it had a negative impact. But despite this, the report also showed that female college graduates were reluctant to consider a career in the industry. Anne shared her perspective on how we can encourage more women to explore the opportunities available to them in this thriving industry. As an incredibly successful female CISO, she explains why diverse role models need to find their voice, and she says practical advice to other organizations on how they can improve hiring strategies to encourage diverse candidates to apply in the first place. I hope you enjoy her insights. And if you'd like to find out more about diversifying the security industry, please check out Tessian's latest report called Opportunities in Cybersecurity 2021. We'll share a link below this episode. Last year, Tessian produced the first of a series of annual reports that we're going to be doing uh, called The Future is Cyber, or TFIC for short. Um, the recent report that we have um, we have coming up for release highlighted the gender gap in security. It found that female college graduates were much like much much less likely to consider a career in cybersecurity, despite the fact that it's actually a really great career for female professionals. How do you think we can encourage more women to consider a career? insecurity. Do you think it's role models? Do you think it's more more awareness of those entry routes? Or do you think, again, it comes back to the concept of broadening the horizons in terms of the people that we're, that we're hiring and that we're, we're looking to bring into the organization and then training? I think it's, it's a little bit of all of the above, Tim. It's, it's self-perpetuating. I don't know. Did you read ISC2's survey back in 2018? They didn't hire women IC squared. IC squared did a whole thing in 2017 and then 2018 about women in cybersecurity. And in 2017, they found 11% of the respondents were women. In 2018, they changed it. And all of a sudden they changed how their metrics were done. And it was 24% of women. But the way they changed their metrics is they lowered it to such an extent that if you could say you spent 25% or less of your time in cybersecurity, then you were counted. I would still say you're looking at 11% when it comes to people who do this as a full-time or even 50% job. Now, something interesting that's in that study as well is when you look at the management positions, the senior leadership positions, women are very well represented proportionally. So of that 24%, the proportion of women of that 24% is higher. Now, that doesn't mean number-wise it's higher. I think that some of the role models are out there. I do. And I think having those mirrors is important. If I know every day I wake up and I look and I see a woman facing me in the mirror, I'm an Asian female, I see that facing me in the mirror, and I've never seen an Asian female be the CISO of a company, it makes it that much harder to truly visualize them as me. That's really important. But how do you do that. There are Asian females who are CISOs. There are several of those 
around the world. But can you name them? Are they seen? Women need to be seen. And part of that is on us. Making sure our voices are heard. Making sure that we take the time to do a podcast, to do a webinar, to be out there to educate, to show people so that when someone says a CISO, they don't just think of X guy. They think of a woman as well. But how do you get that? You get that by media, you get that by press. But what do you need to do to, for that too? A CISO can want to do it. But if they're stopped by a CEO, by the board of no, you need to work on security. We can't have you going out and doing presentations at RSA and Black Hat. It has to come from the top for wanting to have that. And, you know, that's a diversity talk. And it's a very difficult one because just saying add more women is not actually, I think, the best solution. It's making sure that people are in the right places at the right time and making sure women know they have the choice to go into cybersecurity and that it's not going to be scary and that it's there are other people there. But if a woman doesn't know that there at, le at least is going to be some, some other women around in this field, it can be daunting. I mean, I was, I didn't work with my first female person as a peer or as a, um, as a manager peer or have a manager female for 10 years in my career. I only worked with guys. And an interesting thing is that actually was reflective in my hiring process during that time as well, because I saw no other women, even though I was a woman, I was still hiring guys because that's all I saw. And I had to get past that and realize what am I, what am I doing? Why, why am I being, I'm not, wasn't being more dismissive towards women, but if it was equal, I'd say, what do I know? I know that these guys have always produced. I know that, you know, this guy has always been the best sysadmin and this person reminds me of him. So it's getting past all of that from men to women to, you know, it's to skills to, you know, mentoring up and not being scared if this woman takes your job. Uh, interesting psychology study is they were talking about not racial or diverse minority, but a minority mindset. If you are the minority in a group, you automatically start calculating what percentage of a group you are. So if there's, you know, one guy and nine women, you automatically say 10%, right? Well, I'm the only person, I'm 10% of this. If you add another guy in there, then in the next year, people will think, well, the percentage is 10% and automatically look at that person as a threat. And that's just our psychology of if you are in a smaller group, and you've always been a smaller group, all of a sudden that group starts to expand. Most, not all people, start looking at that as, uh-oh, what about my job? What about me? And we have to make sure we realize there is no limit to how many women, how many minorities we can have in cybersecurity. We just need to make sure we're mentoring them and making them the best that they can be, just like we would do with any guy or with any non-minority. And we have to take time to do this. We have to take time to mentor, to be mentored, to say, I know I'm really busy, but I'm going to carve out these two hours a week so I can make sure this person's becoming more. And I think there's a lot of teams maybe who'll be listening to this who have that aspiration for greater levels of diversity in their, in their team. Mm -hmm. 
what advice do you have for them on how they can get started and take this first step? Look to see how diverse your hiring practices actually are. Go back. Go back in history and take just your last two or three hires. Look to see what resumes were there. Look to see percentage-wise. And this was something that I did recently with my IT manager. Percentage-wise, when I was looking for a developer, how many women minorities actually that I could tell from resumes actually applied? And then how many were interviewed of that percentage? Right. And then when I said no to them, why, why did you say no? And the biggest part of this is being honest with yourself and not over judging yourself on what you're doing. Because all of a sudden you can start feeling like a failure. You can start feeling guilty. You can't change that, but you can change what you do forward. And often a lot of it is what I was saying before. Well, this person would fit in really well with our culture. Well, this person reminds me of this other person who's done amazing. He, he's got the same words and attitude and responses. And then it's taking a deep, hard look at yourself and saying, what else am I saying that this person is like? And those conversations aren't easy. And those conversations aren't for every business at this particular time. And often you need to grow as a business or change as a business and adapt to be able to have that conversation where people's hackles don't start rising. Because one of the worst things you can do is say, well, you know, you're being racist. And everyone will say, what? Not me. And that's often sort of how it comes down to people get their shields up on it instead of saying, all right, I might be biased a little. Okay, what can I do to stop myself doing that? So I would say the first thing is look at the hiring practices. Um, go historically and look at the hiring practices. If you can say I've hired all guys and only guys are applying for these positions, that ain't your fault. But it could be why aren't women applying for these positions? That's a question you can ask. You know, if you don't have any minorities applying for a position, you don't have any minorities. It's not like you had a choice or you're trying to give someone a, you know, a leg up or anything. It's what am I doing to be able to encourage this? And again, it's time. We, Whenever you talk about diversity, you're talking about time. You're talking about people who have very little of it having to spend time, valuable time, to be able to try to figure things out when in most people's minds they're not broken. If your business is working, then it's not broken. If your business is making money and growing, it's not broken. So why should they spend the time? It's Senior management, it's board, it's HR getting together and saying, okay, we will spend the time to try to fix something that may not appear to be broken, but something that we can improve. And long, long sort of rambling answer because it, it's, such, it's such a hot topic now and it's so much more difficult than let's create a diversity committee <laughs> and start having discussions. And I hope that people realize that it's more difficult than that and that businesses have to start slow and get a lot of people involved and really committed to it before it really works. And thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for being such a great guest on this podcast. We're going to be sharing those links um, on some of the stats in the show notes. So re uh, listeners can check those out. I encourage everybody to do so, I think. We all have to take the first step by becoming aware of just how 
I think how crazy some of these statistics are and how much work there is to be done. 